Good evening, everybody. We welcome you to the 86th session of our Q&A. And I apologize for the morning. Actually, I really take an anti-allergen, but my <laughs> nose was acting up. <laughs> I didn't know it would create an international crisis. I had <laughs> mail from Australia, from Africa, Latin America, North America, and Middle East. All, all Everybody worried all. about my nose. <laughs> 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 Even telling me what to take. Thank you for all that. But uh, I didn't want to take a second one and fall asleep on the pulpit. <laughs> so, but tomorrow morning I shall be, I shall be prepared. And uh, so this evening we are back again with our Q and A. Pastor Vijay, we should do something for our hundredth Q and A, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad when I look at the Q and A on the system, I see sometimes. People are listening more to the more to than Q and A than mm-hmm. some of the sermons. sermons. Yes. So really, really praise uh, God. Mm. Glad, and I just thank everyone who sends the questions and everyone who listens, of course. But to those who send the questions, remember your questions are a blessing to to everybody. So this evening we begin, and we shall. Pray, Father, we just thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord. So many questions, Lord. We know we do not have time to answer all these questions, but Father, the questions we pick, we pray you give us the wisdom and the discernment. And to those who are hearing, Father, the comfort and the strength, because it is not hearing which is easy, it is the doing part. Which is difficult. Yes, Lord. And we all need that grace to do, Father. So help us, Lord. Be with us, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, uh, a question related to the new age. Uh, uh, this is uh, sometime, I think this is the last week before last. Yeah. Pastor. Over a period of two decades, we have seen all the Indian gurus, I'm not naming the names, Pastor. Mm. They raised up millions of followers around the world, teaching and influencing the crowd with inner energy, uh, engineering, good works, meditation, self, etc. to the enemy mimicking many of God principles too. How does it take for someone who is neck deep, neck deeply involved in all of this kind of stuff to realize the emptiness still and know the one true living God? It seems too tough to share the gospel with them as they are already full. Yeah. I mean, it is the same situation like what they are teaching is in so many ways different parts of the law. They use principles from the kingdom of God and principles of the kingdom of God, many principles of the kingdom of God, please understand, are there in other scriptures too. Mm. Because man, once he ate from the tree of knowledge of good and mm. evil, he had access to the knowledge of good. Mm. We can so understand. And if you really, really need to understand that, read Watchman's uh, book called The Latent, Latent Power, Power of the Human yes. Soul. Okay, of mm. the human soul. So that is there. So every religion has many principles which actually apply to God's kingdom. But the difference here is that Salvation is connected with the person of God, not with principles. Once you are saved, 
you and I are called to live according to that principles. Even if you live by those principles, you do not get saved. You do not get saved. Okay, you don't get saved. You can be the best person on planet Earth according to all the principles you know of the kingdom of God and be unsaved. So when you look at it about sharing the gospel, please understand this. The gospel is the power of God mm-hmm. under salvation. Okay, gospel is the power of God. And one of that new age gurus of his time was Saul of Tarsus. Mm. Absolutely clear about his convictions, the law, everything. But he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And he changed it radically. Okay. So nobody's beyond the purview of God's salvation. Anybody can be saved. Okay. So our job is to witness. Yes. Our job is to, like we are only postmen. Like, I know, I don't know. It was Zach Poonen, I think, who used that illustration many, many years ago. He says, we are delivery boys. We deliver the message. It's not our message. It's not our message. It is his message. The power, if you go to Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, right? Yes, 16 and 17. Gospel, I'm not ashamed. See? 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone. Yeah, 16 is enough who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Okay, So you need to realize, first thing is that we should not be ashamed of the gospel. We should not be skeptic about the power of the gospel. We should not doubt the power of the gospel. There are different ways in which we should not be fearful about sharing the gospel. Mm. Look at opportunities, okay? I mean, sharing of the gospel, like wisdom with those who are outside. There you have to be very, very carefully honestly be led by God because he will really tell you as to when to speak to them. A time will come when God, especially people with whom you are always there in the office, you don't just jump in and just think, no, just with people whom you work, you have to, 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 like you're traveling in a bus or a train, you can always witness, they ask a question. That's a different thing. But with people with whom you actually love with work, okay, with them, Wait for God mm. to move. Okay, let your life be your testimony. Let your life be your testimony. That was the portion we saw from Colossians. Colossians three fifteen. No. Uh, no. But uh, one Peter three seventeen or sixteen. No, no, that the one to one who are outside. Four, five. Four, I want yeah. uh, verse six. I want verse six. Five and six. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. These are all people who are outside, outside the kingdom of God. Many of them are not bad people. Some of them are good people. Many of them are sorcerers because without, if somebody is only teaching without power, that's Mm. one thing. But when somebody is teaching and using power, always be careful about the source of the power because you cannot have power. We are talking about power, supernatural power unless you are tapped into one of the two sources. And there are only two sources. Either it's the kingdom of God or it's the kingdom of darkness okay so those who are only teaching they are still okay but those who are teaching and using power they are to be ones to be very very careful okay walk in wisdom towards those who are outside let his speech always be with grace okay with people who are outside we have to be even more careful than people who are inside 
okay we can get upset and angry with each other because we know it's one family mm-hmm. and we should know we are one family first Amen. okay we are one family so we will know okay i love you you love me i may smack you sometimes so just get used to that <laughs> okay but, but with people outside room but we have to be very very careful with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one remember it is personal each one they are all not the same you may have five colleagues in your office one may be muslim another may be buddhist one may be shri shri ravi shankar's follower another may be amma's follower different people and you need to be very careful how you deal with each one that's why it says answer each one how you ought to answer no answer each, each one, one. They are different people. Mm-hmm. God will give you the opportunity. God, if you look into Jesus' personal evangelism, how he deals with Nicodemus in chapter 3, how he deals with the Samaritan woman in chapter 4, they're all different. Yes. He dealt with them as each one was. Mm-hmm. To the intellectual, he gave an intellectual answer. To, to the simple lady, he led to her problem and showed her a solution out. So we have to be guide. We have to be guide. Don't do this, uh, what you call it, uh, one cap fits all kind of thing no it doesn't we have to be led by the spirit of god and at the end of the day uh, don't get upset also okay like again when we go back to uh, romans 160 romans 160 and that's another verse okay you see for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ and what does the next verse say the next part say in it for no no 6616 for it is the power of god what is the power of god the gospel, the gospel. not okay let's okay see there and then come to first corinthians and chapter 2 <laughs> and words 1 and 2 1 to 4 Okay. I brethren when I came to you did not come with excellence of speech or of, the, of or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Now you may be an eloquent speaker, you may be a very wise person, but he says when it comes to the gospel I'm not relying on my eloquence or my wisdom to convert anybody. Okay? Okay, I'm not. Okay? For I was determined to know anything among you except jesus christ and him crucified i was with you in weakness in fear in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so he says you know what i was very careful i'm not trying to convince anybody yeah. because i know the power is in the gospel it is not in the person who's speaking the gospel though the person needs the power to speak the, the gospel, gospel. Yes. the power is not in the person mm-hmm. it is in the gospel and Amen. you have to be entirely trusting the gospel and the gospel will do its work yes. many of many of them may get saved you never know mm. make it saved we do not know because you see especially who are into this other side of power ministry they are miserable <laughs> because you cannot go into sorcery and be happy never be because the devil will never give you joy you are miserable you're miserable okay so when you know you have power from this side and you're miserable you're also very clearly aware there's power on other side which is not miserable 
Okay. See, uh, those who are in sorcery never, uh, never, are, there are no atheists among sorcerers. No atheists among them. They all know. They all know the reality of the other side. There is an unseen realm. They all know. And in that unseen realm, what happens is, when you get into it, you are miserable. You are miserable. Okay, because there's no peace. There is no real joy. And uh, they are tormented. Okay, so you never know. They may get, some of them may get saved. Now we've seen people like that getting saved and come out. Okay, we've seen people like that. The Elimas, the sorcerer, remember he was a sorcerer. Okay, they were, and so was Balaam. Okay, he he knew God. You cannot say he did not know God because God spoke to him. He heard from God. He knew, but he went another way after that. So nobody is outside the purview of the gospel. Anybody can be saved. Anybody can be saved. So if they have millions of followers, it does not matter. Does not matter. Even among the followers, you know, after some time, at the end of the day, remember, God knows the elect. He doesn't tell to us then because then we will not do anything. We will not tell anything, okay? Because the whole concept about witnessing fellowship is how we change. Amen. Otherwise, we won't change. So this is put for our sake, not for God's sake. God already knows who are all going to be saved, okay? So it's not for him. It is for our sake because otherwise we will never, never change. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, again, I think a related question, that would be question number 12. Uh, men and women have always been motivated to follow confident leadership. Kings have led us into battle, politicians into corruption, and humanitarians into benevolence. Jesus, Jesus Christ leads us to follow God. How come people are so blinded and cannot see through this corrupt world we live in? You always talk about mind-blinding spirits, but sometimes I feel like we are just want to be stupid and follow stupidity. Would you call that negative attention? You see, uh, mind-blinding is real because the Bible says so. Mm. Yeah, let's have that scripture because when we talk about mind-blinding, okay, second Corinthians four four, okay, whose minds. The God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Which is true. Which is true. And I mean, I was personally a blind person. Born in a Christian family, I was a blind person. Going to church, attending mass, absolutely blinded. Had no clue what the gospel was. Absolutely no gospel had no clue the gospel was. And I, who has a child, right from childhood, read like crazy any book that was available in the house or outside the house in the library, read every book in the house. Hmm. There was not a single book, unless it was textbooks, there was not a single book <laughs> that was left alone. Yet, there was one book which was kept, you know, we are Catholics, we were Catholics. I am, I am, I am out, still Catholics, plenty in the family. We had all these statues over there where candle and all was lit, and the Bible was kept over there. And I took it, read the first page, and put it back. Never touched that book. 
read everything else mm-hmm. including mahabharata and ramayana <laughs> everything i read through sat through the night and read mahabharata in one day one <laughs> night at the age of 10 or 11 or something of course it was in english loved all the everything but this one i did not read. yet you are supposedly in a christian family so what does it tell you we were all blinded mm-hmm. and then after we came to the gospel got saved also we were still blinded still blinded okay it was sight was only coming in little by little by little so you cannot take away because the word of god talks about the the blindness and uh, it is it is it is also it is also not stupidity could be in some cases what i am telling you is that unless you have an encounter with the living god yes you start believing in what the others say hmm. you know that there is reincarnation it's a good way out okay good way out and somebody who believes in reincarnation uh, is blinded by that blinded by that okay somebody who believes in the law is blinded by the law and he believes in it sincerely you know you can be absolutely be sincere and wrong but you're sincerely wrong this you cannot question their sincerity you cannot question their sincerity okay the people who follow certain tenets or whatever they follow many of them are more sincere in following what they believe than we are who are supposed to be not blinded we are not sincere in how we follow christ okay so if it comes to sincerity i'm telling you people of other faiths will give us a run for our money how sincere they are they never make a like my next door neighbor over here it is without a fail i probably let's say just this week i have never gone through a day when i have not heard him saying his mantras on the dot he will do it meaning what he believes in it we know is not true but is very sincere in what he does but get me five christians who sincerely pray at an appointed time they don't read their word faithfully they don't so we need to understand these people are blinded but they are very sincere they are very sincere so and uh, people like confident leadership people like confident leadership okay because leadership is something which is which is natural okay because when god pro- promised or pronounced that blessing over man in genesis chapter 1 to take over dominion you know and some people dominate more than others more than others okay some people dominate more than others i'm not talking about dominating with violence and aggression and all that you know some people have a way of dominating and what happens is and uh, everybody is looking for somebody yeah. who will lead them everybody is looking for somebody because when you are in a crisis let's say everybody is going through crisis in one field or another yes. and even if you are not looking in a crisis you, let us let us say you don't have a crisis everything is okay but then suddenly you came into a lot of money immediately you look for somebody who will lead you how to invest it so in every field automatically we are looking for a leader yes looking for a leader so that is very natural to man 
natural to man. You're looking for a leader, okay? And you see that's there even among animals that go in herds or packs. There's always a leader. Always a leader. Okay, and when he moves, the rest of the crowd moves. Whether it's a herd of elephants or a herd of buffaloes, buffaloes, even pride of lions, you will see there's always a leader. So leaders are there. The whole question is, if the leader is wrong, the herd goes wrong. Mm. The leader is right. So leadership in itself is not the problem. It is the nature of the leader. Because leadership, you cannot take leadership away. Because the primary unit God makes is a home, a family. And in the family, the man is the head. He's the leader. And uh, sin came in because the leader failed. Mm. The leader failed. And when God comes, he comes and asks the leader, where are you? Where are you? So the question is asked to the leadership. The question is not asked to the first to the followers. Mm. It's asked to the leadership. So leadership is there. But the problem is... When leaders go wrong, the nation goes wrong. Let's go bottom up. The house goes wrong. House goes wrong. Okay. So when things have to be put back right, it has to again go back to, to the, the leader. House, yes. It has to go back to the leader. The leader. You cannot. Some things you can correct. Some things you cannot change. Okay. But uh, the first thing is not about correcting. The first thing is taking responsibility. Mm. The leader has to take responsibility. The followers taking responsibility does not change the situation before God. It does not change before God. The leader has to take responsibility. The leader, father of a home, the head, the leader, has to go before God and take personal responsibility, even if he was not the one who was responsible for the fall. He still has to take responsibility. That's how it works. You may say, but I didn't do anything. It was she who did, or the children who did. But it doesn't matter. You are the one who is accountable. You are the the one who is accountable. And that's how. So leadership is there. They will take you. And uh, people are blinded. It's it's also, again, it's a issue. the issue is here. You see, uh, again, the, the the issue with the leadership. When you join the army, they train you everything. And one of the primary things they train you is to obey leadership. Yes. That's why if you buck the order, you're court-martial. It's not like civilians. Okay, court-martial. So, and their lives are dependent upon the leader. Okay. If a platoon commander, when he's advancing, makes a mistake, he can put not just his life, his entire platoon's life at risk. Now, he's dependent upon the orders coming from top down. So everywhere there has to be, a leadership has to be right. Yes. Somewhere up over there, like General Miley, okay, uh, Mark Miley goofed up, they goofed up, no? Okay, Biden goofed up because he as the commander gives the order, but those who are actually implementing the strategy, the strategy doesn't come from the president. Mm. The strategy comes from the generals. Okay, the general, the, the, the president does not do that. See, in, in that kind of this thing, what happens is what they actually say is that we are looking for political will. And once you have political will, leave the rest to us. Don't interfere. That's why 
Trump's presidency was very successful in military strategies. He had the political will. Once he took the will, decision, he gave them the autonomy to act it out the best according to the field. And most of the times the issue is crisis is you don't have the political will. Flip-flop, 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 flip-flop and trying to shift the blame to others. Okay. In the same way, in a home, the father needs to have a political will. That's what the first thing God tells about Abraham is that I have chosen him because it's a very difficult word. Commander. He will command his household. What does it mean? He has the political will. Okay, political wills. Once that is exercised, that, that you are a decision maker, you leave the execution to the others. Let the wife handle it. Okay. Like you tell, uh, you, you family, let's say you have five children, you're sitting over there and they're saying, and the father says, you know what? Nope. Nobody goes out this week. That's it. No outings this week. I made the call, decision. And the wife has to go with it. Always, whenever a decision is made, has to go with it. But the implementation is in her, in her hands. The political will is with the father. The father is at his workplace, the children come, can I go out? No. Don't even ask. What did daddy say? What did daddy say? That's how it works out. You see, even at the basic unit, to a national unit, leadership matters. Leadership matters. That's how God has designed his, yeah. his, okay? That is why the Bible says, though the father and the son and the spirit are equal, the head is the father. Mm. Head is the father. They're equal. The head is the father. And the father, let's put it in our terms, father makes a political decision, the son shall die. That's it. The son is asking three times. And three times the father says, no, you will die. The decision is being made. And you know what? The implementation now is in the hands of the son and the spirit. But the decision has been made by the father. It is done. That's how it permits. It can be a wrong decision, it can be a with God, of course, there are no wrong decisions, but it can be a right decision or a wrong decision. That's why the character of the person matters. Mm -hmm. And everything we are going through life is God is trying to build character to have political leaders during the millennial reign. And it that's everything that is doing. Everything that he is doing is within the kingdom of God. Everything that is happening in our lives is connected with one thing character building. Why? He wants leaders. It's not just like the IAS thing. Please don't think it's easy to pass an IAS leader, no. IAS exam, and uh, yet difficult actually to be a true leader. You can see today IAS result came out. The first one who got a rank is uh, IA, IIT Chennai, Mumbai, I think, civil engineering graduate whose mains was anthropology. Now tell me, what does that tell you? What could anthropology to do with engineering? Mm -hmm. So you picked a subject because I, I was supposedly to go for civil services till, till God called me. So I know if I was the literature graduate who was, I had written my souls, I would have gone for anthropology because we are always told which are the subjects to pick if you want to clear. Because some subjects are easier. Some subjects are easier, okay? So you, you need to realize the topper in today's IAS exam his his quality is not character. 
different character. So in this world, you can reach the top of any field using different options. The kingdom of God, it doesn't work. The only thing that will be judged ultimately for leadership in the kingdom of God is character. And that is where they went wrong. When they asked for a king, they said, we want a king like Just the like other the nations. nations. And the other nations, kings are six feet tall, handsome, military power. And God says, is that what you want? You will get what you want. And you will see what he will do to your nation. And that guy had no character. Okay, But God picked another man. Okay. Character is forged in the fire. So he made the next man run for the next 10 or 12 years. Okay. 12 years and he was chased by his own king and he was looking at you know what I could I could get you to be chased by Akish the king of the Philistines but if you if he chases you you won't become a man after my own heart Mm. because why you can fight him and you can win and kill him Mm. and there is no character you will be only known as a military leader so what I will do is that I will use my anointed king to chase you so that you cannot fight him you have to suffer you have to learn to forgive. You have to learn to love so that you will become a man after my own heart. Okay. So you need to understand that is the simple story behind the conflicts we face in our home and in our church. Church in a sense, generally used because these are the only people who can f- frame your character. Because you cannot fight them. If you fight your wife, your character is gone. It's gone. Yeah. Because you have seen her as a Philistine when she's an Israelite. It's gone. And you cannot avoid her too. I shall hide in the caves of Adullam. God says no. You live with her. <laughs> See, two tactics we do. Either we fight with our fellow Israelite or we hide in the cave. God says both are not acceptable. You have to live together. I don't know how many of you grew near rivers, at least definitely not rivers in the mountains. If you go to the rivers, it's again, I'll give you an example from the Bible. If you go to the rivers, you will see when you get into the rivers, you will especially, you know, mountain rivers, it's like floody, um, flood season, my gosh, it's scary, like the way the torrent comes. But after that, when you're walking in the river, no, you will see the stones are very smooth. In the middle of it, you will hurt your leg, your foot on a stone. And why are these two kinds over there? The reason, how did this stone become smooth? It's because rubbing, 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 rubbing against the other stones, stones, it became soft. Not soft, it became very round. All the jagged edges were gone. But then in the middle of it, you stepped onto another one which hurt your foot. Is that because it just came down and it has, it has not been shaped yet. Okay. That is what fellowship does. That is why we keep telling you cannot isolate. If you isolate, you will be a ragged rock in the river. You cannot be used by God. God does not use ragged rocks. He uses only smooth stones. In eternity, there will be nobody in any position of leadership who is not a smooth stone. That is David picking those five two smooth stones. Technically speaking, if you really look at it, really I want a tears, he said I want a jagged rock. No, he picks a smooth one. Smooth one. And one of the reasons is because probably none of you, maybe you did, did never used a sling. 
the catapult, which was my one of my favorite. When even now I think I can practice for a day or two, I can take the head of a snake with a catapult. I've been looking at Amazon. I don't want to buy a couple of them, but there's no place to shoot here. <laughs> okay. I used to make my own. Okay, the best thing is to for that to make is the tire inside tire. You know what you call that? A tube. tube. That 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 is really good to make it. You 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 grow up in the countryside. These are the stuff you do. Okay, and you can really take it off. Take the head of a snake off. Okay, so he. You see, only a smooth stone will fit into that. Mm. A jagged one won't fit mm. it. Okay, like uh, uh, children are like arrows in the mighty man's quiver. Okay, mm. so are stone. God's servants are smooth stones, which will fit into his sling. And to be released. He doesn't use jagged ones. He leaves them there. And mm-hmm. says, you get ready, get ready, get ready. In the home, in the church, in the office, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And what we do, honestly, what we do, men do is they isolate. You cannot isolate. If you isolate, you will never become the man or a woman after God's own art. Or else what we do, we we choose our company where it is very shallow and be really, really, okay, you leave me alone, I leave you alone, we are happy, macha, but we never really change. We really never change. Because those 600 men mm. who were in debt, in distress, in discouragement, everything, okay, they were a rough set of people, they had to be together, fight the battles together, run together, and they became one unit. One unit. And that's how army units are made. If you look at army units, they live together mm. in the same. They fight. And they'll be Hindu, Buddhist, Christian, Jain, different categories, but they're one unit. One, and they, you have to see their loyalty to each other because they know, you know what, one thing I have to do is that I have to I'm trust it. Mm. And you have to really, really see it because we don't hear so many stories, but you hear these American stories, how they will risk their life yes. to save a comrade who's been shot down. Yep, yep. How they will do it. You know, how did it happen? It didn't happen overnight that each unit was made it into one. And they lived together, they trained together, took care. And yet they were different. They were different because I worked with them, so I knew how they were. They were like one unit. And once they leave, they leave. They're gone. They're gone. Okay. So you will see when the Afghanistan debacle happened last month and uh, America left so many people behind, there were so many veterans who were very upset and they had their own programs and private charters to bring in the Afghans with whom they worked. They, they said, we were one unit. They were with us. We trained them. They were interpreters. You know what? We will bring them to safety. You know what? You see, it is because they had become one unit. And they put in their money. They had the back channel, this thing, to try to bring them to safety. Because, you know, if they are left there, they will be killed. You know why? Because they will be seen as collaborators. But for us, they were part of our lives. And we will not leave them alone. If the government won't do it, we will do it ourselves. And some of them did it. Some of them did it. So we are talking about, you know what? That is why, like morning, we looked at it. Doctrine without fellowship has no meaning. Mm. The purpose of doctrine is fellowship. Because in in eternity, in heaven, there will be no doctrine. Nobody will be teaching doctrine over there. What you will have is fellowship. 
Because by then everybody will know what is right, what is wrong. There is no evil, no presence of evil. Doctrine is written in your heart. What is there going to be? Is going to be fellowship. Mm. A community living together. Okay. Yet there will be different categories of people. Mm. There will be different categories of people. But like, you know, I, I will, I will still say this. I don't know how true it is, but because it came from a source which I consider very, very holy, righteous man called Sadhu Sundar Singh. In one of his visions, he says, the categories of saints are seven. Seven categories, because that's God's number. He says he saw seven categories of saints in heaven. And he says, when it comes to intimacy and fellowship, seven good fellowship with six, five, four, three, two, one. Hmm. Six could really, I'm not saying therefore, uh, six could fellowship with five, four, three, two, one, but six would find it difficult to fellowship with seven. Because six had not reached that level. Five would fellowship with four, three, two, one. One could fellowship with two, three, four, five, six, seven. The problem is, one would not be able to really fellowship. Those seven would enjoy one. One would never enjoy seven. We have a baby upstairs. Putter has one. We enjoy the baby. Mm. Baby does not enjoy us. Mm. Does not enjoy us. Baby does not enjoy us at all. No? I mean, if she does not identify us, me carrying her, Vijay, Pastor Vijay, David carrying her, Samir carrying it's the same thing for her. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like when I went to Sikkim, there was a cute, cute, cute little fellow. Looks at me and cries. I so desperately wanted to take it was a chubby little, little, little dumpling. So I told the mother, you do one thing. You stand next to me, turn him around. So she turned him around and then it quietly took him and kept him on my lap. Okay, holding it. So he's not seeing who's carrying it. Okay? Okay? I'm sitting there quietly. Now honestly think, I am enjoying the baby. The baby has no clue who's enjoying <laughs> it. And that is what Bible is talking about heaven will be like. Yeah. Those who have reached, let us say, level seven, because they understood doctrine. And doctrine was to lay down your life for the others. They will enjoy fellowship with God and fellowship with all. So you look at Jesus. Jesus could fellowship with Nicodemus, Sanhedrin, with the Samaritan woman. He said, don't even stop the children from coming to me. Bring them here, bring them. And his Bible says he used to carry them, seed them. He enjoyed the children. He enjoyed the intellectual. He could enjoy everybody. Okay, so we need to understand what life is like, what life is like. And in a family, it's the same thing in a family. You have five children. The youngest one is one year old. The oldest one is 20 year old. The father, the mother enjoy all the children. And it is not the same way they enjoy the children. You know who is changing? The parent is changing. And you have five children sitting over here. When he talks to this one, he talks one way. He talks to this one, he talks one way. Absolutely different. Language changes, expression changes, tone changes, everything changes. You know why? He is able to enjoy all five, but they don't enjoy. 
they don't enjoy the same way. So that is why doctrine is important and doctrine and fellowship and all our mistakes, sins, transgression, everything happens in two, in our fellowship, in our living as a community. Let's go. That's why God put judgment over there. When you go wrong, put it right with me, the father, put it right with your brothers and sisters and live again. Have that community. And then when you pray, things will happen. You know what is happening? Unity is being for Oneness is being forged. That is simple Christian life. That does not mean we need to fellowship with the whole worldwide church. We don't. No. Do. We just have to be this thing. But a day is coming. Mm. What you learn here will be practiced there. Mm. There you will fellowship with the whole worldwide mm. church because you will know everybody. Mm. There's nobody who you will not know. Nobody. Okay. You will know there is no identity crisis in heaven or hell. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. The rich man said, Father Abraham, one look. How did he know? Because you know there. You know there. So, this is just a lab. It's just a lab. Your local church, your home, your local church is where you experiment life. But this will become reality in heaven where from Adam onwards you will know everybody. Of course, Adam is easy to recognize because he has no belly button. He and Eve are the only ones who don't have belly buttons. Everybody else has. Okay? But that was an aside. Okay, You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> Okay. And, uh. I should prompt them, Pastor. Well, sometimes they may not have understood what belly button is. (laughs) Because when I used to, uh, you know, Malu mentioned, we will know that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you got fluff in your belly button, Mm -hmm. especially if you're hairy. Mm-hmm. So my little ones, when they sit, they will fight with each other to come and pick the cotton. They call it cotton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the interesting part is that grandfather in Malayalam is Valiyapachan. Oh, yeah. So they used to call this Valiyapachan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so now you enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. Okay, enjoy that too. Now imagine your son is 24 years old and he comes and say, can I take cotton out of belly? You are a moron or what? (laughs) Now think about it. You end up in heaven as a full grown adult and the only thing God can do is give you baby talk. What is happening is fellowship is restricted. It's good to be born as a baby. That's the only way you can be born. But it's terrible to remain as one. We had a memorial of a child yesterday. You know? But the child died at 15 years and 6 months. But the thing is that he remained that way most of it because he had an issue with his brain. You know? And we need to realize these things are very, very important that we keep on changing, that we really, really are able to fellowship with everybody like Jesus did. Though we enjoy certain fellowships more, like Jesus enjoyed his fellowship with James, Peter and John more, I believe, because they understood him more. 
Yes. That is why he enjoyed talking to them because they were more perceptive, they had more discernment. That did not mean he did not fellowship with the others and did not enjoy others' company. Okay, so please understand this. The entire, that is why Jesus said the entire law and the prophets hang around these two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. And what is loving your God and loving your neighbor? Ultimately, it's equal to fellowship. It's equal to fellowship. It is not providing. Because in heaven, nobody will be working to provide for their families. Yeah. Okay. It is not that. Ultimately, what is loving? Loving is fellowship. Loving is fellowship. So you're day, day to day living together as a community, as a family, as a community. So that is a big answer for a big question. Pastor, there's another, I think, a continuity to this is in question number 15. Mm. I think this is also on the same lines as to what you're talking about. When the eye is clear and the soul can perceive this oneness between itself and Christ, it is as if redeemed and and the Redeemer uh, share the same pulse, Mm. or as if the same blood flows through their veins together. I have experienced this, but not every day. Why is that? I long for that. Every day. Because it cannot be given to us every day. Because we are still in this mortal body. Mm. If we experience it every day, what what would happen? I mean, you're talking about the person who wrote from US is talking about that kind of oneness. Uh, the thing is that uh, when we are in this mortal body and we are in this flesh, that oneness we experience with Christ becomes our daily experience. And when talking about daily experience, more like in your senses. Mm. We will think that is the norm. Mm. When we are called to walk by faith. Mm. In eternity, that will be the norm. And in eternity, we will not sin against one another. Yes, We won't sin against ourselves. We won't sin against God. Mm. So that can be given. Here it is dangerous. It is dangerous. Because what would happen that is that pride will come. We will think we are exclusive. We are exclusive. Here, no. Here, no. The only one who walked that way on earth was Jesus. The only way who walked that way with Jesus, where he says, my father is always with me. He has never left me. The only one who walked with that oneness was this thing. Yet, if you look at it, he had to fight for it. Exactly. He has to. Every morning, early in the morning, he has to win in his prayer closet. Mm-hmm. And after that, only he could. So, every morning you have to fight. And your fighting itself tells you you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Without God, you can't do that. You have to fight every day. Every day you have to fight. Because pride is so subtle. And to protect us from when he's saying in Galatians uh, 2.20, I no longer live, Mm -hmm. but Christ lives in me. This is the same person who's saying he sent me, um, God allowed a messenger from Satan himself to buffet me. Why these two? So that you don't become pride, proud, because you have exceedingly great revelations, which you are not allowed to speak. So God is protecting you. What is, what is these experiences with God that can lead us to? Is pride. It is pride. So sometimes I believe God, God keeps just, us in the dark. No. Not just dark, He allows you to fail. Mm-hmm. Elijah failed terribly. God didn't God know? 
he would fail. God could have given him a vision by saying, at Jezreel, this is what you need to do. Don't run. But he said, you know what? It's okay. Let him run. Let him fail. Because he hasn't failed before Ahab. He hasn't failed at Kerith. He hasn't failed at Zarephath. He hasn't failed at Carmel. And now, no, he doesn't fail at Jezreel. After some time, he will think, you know, I am the voice. Human pride is very, very, very subtle. The enemy can inject it in. Can inject skin. It's very, very subtle. Very, very subtle. You know? And you will see these lessons through the Bible. Through the Bible, you will see the lessons. Like one of the lessons we learn about Joseph. He's the, the par excellence man in the Old Testament, book of Genesis. But he was wrong when it came to the blessing of his father. Oh. He got it absolutely wrong. He saw it in the flesh. And father saw in the spirit when he should have seen it. God was saying that, you know what? You don't see as well as your father. Daniel, another, only very few people. Daniel and Joseph are the only two people actually over there. Okay, Daniel, the simple question is that, why did Daniel never go back to Jerusalem? When his entire life's aim is to know about his people and God and plans for Jerusalem. He never goes to Jerusalem. You want to find one flaw in Daniel. Hmm. That he never went back to the promised land. And that's a huge flaw. And he was number one. He could have gone, asked for the king. But the others, Nehemiah and all is asking. Daniel could have. He had more clout. More clout. With kings, different dispensation. You never see him. Never see him going back. The distance is the same. If Nehemiah could have gone, Daniel could have gone. Hmm. Elisha, the another third person. You don't see any flaws in him, right? He's able to see like no man's business. He died of a sickness. The most anointed man. No. Moses hit a rock. Couldn't enter in the promised land. And then he wandered with the crowd for years and years and years and years and years. You know what? We'll say, Lord, why did you do that? To protect them. I did not want to take their eternal rewards yeah, from because them. Ultimately it is there. This is all temporary, mm-hmm. man. He says, where are you going to take this? Mm-hmm. Even if you enter the promised land, you will die. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I don't want you coming, having such, given such faithful service, coming there and missing your rewards because you got proud because of all your victories. That's what happened to David. Because of all his victory, he became proud. Proud God, you know, I don't have to go. I let job go with the soldiers. And he stayed back. Boom, he bent down. Pastor, I just wonder one question is to, yeah. uh, it's, it's not completely related to it, but mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, you, when you're saying that, uh, eternal rewards for Moses or Daniel mm-hmm. or, are they also going to be the saints who'll going to, who's going to rule, uh, in, in, in the millennial kingdom, kingdom from the Old Testament as well, who are under the Old Covenant? See, if you, I'm, I, I don't, I'm, 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 sure, I'm the, sure it's not The really. thing is that these are all, uh, uh, eschatological interpretations and we all could go wrong in the interpretation. Okay, We could all go wrong in the interpretation. That is why I said there are this uh, 12, 24 elders in heaven. Mm-hmm. 12 is from the tribes of Israel and 12 apostles are for the rest. So there is a both coming together, the Gentiles and the Jews coming together and you have 24 elders up there. So, 
I do believe they will be there. I do believe they will be there. You know, I mean, how many people are there in the new covenant who can say, uh, I overshot Abraham? Mm. Or even David. Or, or David or any one of them. So I do believe they will be. But how it will be, we do not know. How it will be, we do not know. How will be the day? And even the thousand reign of Jesus is not a big thing. That is not the big, that is basically to teach us how we should have dominated and ruled this earth. It's just like, there's a lot of things which God wants to show his children. You see, I don't want you just to believe by faith. I also want you to know by sight mm-hmm. that I was right. Mm-hmm. Okay, otherwise, uh, the whole, um, there's an interesting statement <laughs> in Genesis chapter 18. Verse 20 and 21. The Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because the sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will well, know. No. Yes, okay. Really? <laughs> you mean you do not know? <laughs> he already knows. Mm. He already knows. Okay. But this is what is called evidence in a court. I'm going to there personally. I'll send two of my angels over there personally and I will show to you what they will do to them. So that you will know my justice judgment, is right. Judgment is right. Exactly. My judgment is right. Fair. My justice, yeah. I'm fair. Otherwise, if I just send down fire from heaven, you will always doubt, you know, was God righteous? Mm. Was God righteous? This is going to be one of the judgments like Noah's time. Why did God allow such a long time to build the ark to see how hard the human heart is? Nobody will get in. After Noah, I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle after. I mean, you can, mind-boggling miracle. You cannot doubt it. The ark has come in the middle of nowhere. Everything, animals have come two by two from every part of the globe. They all have got in. It's still open for seven days. Still nobody gets in. Just to prove to you, my justice is right. It is fair. Egypt. Rod, let my people go. Did he do it? No. Took ten plagues. To see, to show us, you know what? God was right. God was right. So that's how it works. That's how it works. There are a lot of things which God, so it's not the thousand reign of Jesus Christ. It's also proving a point that after sin has entered, you don't need the devil. Your nature itself is devilish. Amen. Amen. Yes. Nature itself is devilish. So a thousand year of rain, Satan is locked up, and once he is released, he still gets the multitudes to go after Christ. So God is proving, he is proving two things, the, the, the rightness of his justice, how righteous it, how he is, prove to us, the saints who survive, says, I was right. I just want to see to you, this is who you are, this is I am. And I'm patient, I'm long-suffering. You don't get hurt by unrighteousness and holiness. But he says, it is all an affront to who I am. And yet, I am the one who is patient. Because the Bible says the first thing about love is, love is kind and suffers long. Okay? Love is, uh, um, uh, that's... Uh, love is patient, love is kind. Yeah, no? Love suffers long. Love suffers long and is kind. Now, let us connect this to, to the other side. The previous question, this comes together. But this is, this is how you know you are a leader or not. How do you know you are experientially a leader? It is not because you are leading troops like an army or no. It is because you suffer long. 
and is still your kind. Mm. If you are a husband, you suffer. You say, my wife doesn't listen to me, my children doesn't listen to me. You suffer long. It doesn't take your kindness away. You don't take your kindness away. You're still kind. Okay, now let us bring <laughs> everything into these questions. Okay, ultimately, uh, what is the core of a community? It is love. Yeah, we say, okay, love God with all your heart, love God with all your neighbor. Loving God is one thing. Loving neighbor is the problem. But this is what love is. It suffers. First thing mentioned, it suffers long. And it is still kind. Still kind. What does it mean? A smooth stone and a jagged stone together. Who has to be kind? The smooth one. Smooth one. Constantly being kind. Because it is basically, that is what we're talking about. Let your conversation be salted with grace. Okay? Most issues in, uh, most issues in uh, relationships, you know, our words. Our words. Then only actions. It's first words. Then actions. Okay. Let us say a wife's constant complaint is you never help in the house. Let us say. You know what the man has to do? If she still doesn't want to help in the house, hug her daily, give her two kisses on her cheeks and say, honey, I love you, but you know I am lazy. You know she won't be offended. A soft It's not that. See, words really matter. Words really matter. You know what? That is kindness. God is always kind to us. Mm. Kind to us. You know? And I'm all, I'm almost telling you, you know what? They will take it. They will take it. I'm not saying action shouldn't follow. On the other hand, let us say, you are the person who does everything. Everything. But your words are very harsh. They still will be upset. Though their life is easy. You take two women. One woman, woman has a lazy husband who is very kind to her with words. Other one has a very efficient husband who is very harsh <laughs> with his words. You ask them who they want. They will say what they want, the first one. Because words matter because life and death is in your words, not in your actions. It's in yours. It's, okay. I'm not saying actions don't matter. Actions do matter, but it comes second. It always has to be there. I'm not saying one alone will work in the long run. One alone in the wrong run is that you will kill your wife with your kindness. <laughs> Honestly, many women die before their time is because the men do nothing. But they're kind husbands. They're not bad husbands. But they will not do nothing. So that does not work. You don't want your wife to die prematurely because of the workload she had to handle. Okay, so that also should not happen. So we are talking about two things. Isn't that Ephesians 5 talks about? Washing of the water by the word. That's what it does. So you're looking at it. It suffers. So these are all leaderships. Okay, if you say Abraham will command his household, but you see he's a very kind man. He's a very kind man. He's not a harsh man over there. He's a very kind man. But he's very decisive. He was a very indecisive person. And he becomes a very decisive person. From uh, Genesis 
Seventeen onwards, sixteen onwards is a very decisive shift. person. Mm-hmm. A shift takes place. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a very decisive. He makes a decision, and the house all follows. Everybody circumcised today. The Lord has spoken. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishmael has to go. He's upset. God says, "No, listen to your wife. He needs to go." Next day morning, Isaac has to be given. Next day morning, he becomes the elder. That's what it means. He commanded. He's a very decisive person, you know. And indecisive things don't work. Don't work, you know. So, Pastor Vijay. Yes, Pastor. Another question again related to, I think it's the same thing. It's question number sixteen. Uh, effective effectiveness in our prayer lives hinges upon the attitude in our hearts towards God. We must love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. I believe your prayer life will be more effective. Do you agree? Otherwise, it is all emotions, no real depth to our prayer life. So how do we really add depth and have a genuine burden when we are praying? Now, uh, see, I'll, we, we are looking from human perspective, okay? When you are a child, when you are a baby, when you are a child, no? I mean, from babyhood, when you start learning to speak and all that, no? Most of the time, that child gets almost anything he or she wants. Oh. It's because of the love of the father. Father, yes. And realizes this is a small little one thing. Carry me. You carry. Will you bring me a chocolate? I mean, his needs are also very silly. Hmm. But it's very special to the parent, to the father, the mother. It's not because of the needs, but because of the person. Okay. But God will not allow us to remain that way. Paul will say in the same, I think, second, first Corinthians 13, so when I was a child, child I, I spoke, spoke like, like a child. child. Yes. And I put away childish, okay. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Okay. Now, let us turn it around. When I was a child, I prayed as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish prayers away. Okay, I put it away. So when you talk about prayer, relationship is changing with the person. Relationship is changing. And our attitudes matter. Our relationship matters. And therefore our prayer matters. Our prayer will actually matter. It's because you see, Relationship is based on, every relationship is based on, whether it will grow deeper or not, is based on primarily, the first thing is trust. First thing is trust. Okay. So, when a child born again, we're talking in the church terms or spiritual terms, a born again child starts growing in his or her prayer life, what actually happens is trust grows. Trust grows. Uh, uh, how, how is it directly related? Uh, growing in the prayer life. Trust meaning 
you start trusting god oh, because okay, okay, he is okay, 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 answering okay. you realize ah, he is faithful fine, 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 he is faithful okay, okay? All right, all right. that's why we say you should you should teach your children to ask god for small things because of the answers that you receive even as your you trust grows okay, okay, yeah okay. why do trust okay. goes in relationships you know relationships you know like if you, i mean it's a common thing you hear with husbands and wives is you know they stay together they'll they love each other and all but you will say you know there's no point in telling my husband he will not do it so what has happened is trust is gone mm. trust is gone so we tell remind help no i told him in the morning when you come back from the office would you please buy me 5 kilos of potatoes he did now it's his come he wants dinner i thought he would bring it now i have to go get it or send him to get it okay and this becomes constant so in different different areas and after that you know the wife i'm talking in the terms of a wife or it can be in terms of a husband whatever whichever way when you consistently keep failing so the simple thing is that help mm-hmm. okay what is what time is he leaving office five send a text at 4:45 don't forget don't forget to help why because we are in a rela- relationship life is about relationship it is not about condemning or pinning fault it is saying simple thing is that we want the machine to work <laughs> the home to function Amen. so there's no point saying you are to blame you are this thing see let me see how i can help you to become more efficient in the running of the office see we do all this in corporate offices to bring in more efficiency and once you get to the office we forget the same thing works at home also to how to make the home more efficient i am there to help you i am there to help you Okay, I'm there to help you so that you can be more efficient. Okay, you need to understand. Okay, you need to understand our job as men, as all men sitting here, is to see that you know what our wives can be more efficient to do what God has called Amen. her to do. Like in my case, I'm not boasting. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm telling you. I look. My wife has been primarily been called to pray. I don't need my wife to do. practically anything else for me she doesn't have to cook for me she doesn't have to wash my clothes she doesn't have to do any of those things but what do i have what do i want her i want her to pray pray primarily me through the church through and the issues the family me through family through that's what i want her for i don't want her so first you need to be very clear what do you want your wife for mm. what do you want your husband for you need to know once you need that's what i said focus matters priorities matter what do you need your wife for what do you need your husband for like in my case i want my wife this this is what i want and i know we are aging she has certain issues in her body i know it all so what am i supposed to do as a husband to make life as easy for her so she's most efficient in what she do? does she call to do so what do i do i do things which helps her and i tell her not to do the things which will harm her i do it's all right it's all right when can i do it without messing up my call without messing up my call okay messing up my call okay so I leave in the morning I go back in the night so I tell her don't worry about my lunch just this regular thing will do don't break your head over it okay and dinner is always the same I don't care I give you my four or don't because this is what 
wives. Worry about it. Don't worry about it. We've got bigger things in our plate. Food is good anyway. That's fine. Don't worry about it. So headache is gone. Because most troubles are caused in the, in the home because it's very difficult to please the husband. Whose, whose palate, you know, this one, taste buds are like a buffet dinner in a five-star hotel. So they worry their heads about it. Okay. Make life that easy. Things are very easy. Okay. <laughs> See, you can, so you have, that's what I said, you need to know what is that you want your spouse for. Mm. What is that you, you, you have to, you, ha- you cannot keep the kingdom out. The kingdom is fundamental in all these things, mm. okay? And then when it comes to her, I have to do the things which I have to do for it so that, you know, she doesn't have to strain herself. Where can I help? Where can I help her? No, so wherever I can help her within the time I have, I try to do it. And I tell her, you don't have to do any of these things for me. I can do it all. You don't have to wash. See, I wash my own clothes. And I have told her also, you will not give my clothes for ironing too. Because the ironing guy messes it up. I'll iron my clothes also now. No washing? No, see, I'll do it all. Not boasting. I will wash your clothes too. Just leave it there. In the morning when I wake up, it takes 20 minutes. While I'm doing, I wash your clothes too and hang it out. I'll wash your clothes. I'll wash my clothes. You don't have to worry. I'll make your life easy. This morning also I did. Yesterday morning also I said it. Tomorrow morning also I'll do. She puts it out, I'll put it in. It's not a big thing. Put it out, you can do your work, hang it out. What's the big thing? Why do people make such a big thing about yeah. these things? You make life very easy because you want an efficient partner in your home. In your home. Okay, very home. I don't eat breakfast. And I know I don't want her to eat breakfast what she likes. Which is not good for her. So I make her breakfast. You eat that. It's good for you. It's good for you. Why? I want an efficient. I want you to live as long as possible. And I want you to live a healthy life and not get bedridden. You know why? Because, you know, turn to First Peter chapter 3, 7. I know you will talk about a weaker vessel, understanding and all. No, that's not the key here. Husbands, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Why? No, no, being heirs together. We are are heirs together. Together. Period. That is it. Over. We are heirs together. (laughs) No, but that's not how people behave. People wow. behave, I'm the only hair mm. here. I'm the one who says, so you serve me, you serve me, you serve me, you serve me. It doesn't work like that. Mm. It doesn't work like that Shucks in the kingdom. <laughs> it simply does not work like that in the kingdom. That brings conflict in a home. Mm. That brings conflict in a church. If you want mm. to have a life which God is promising about, you only choose about whom you will serve. We saw in the morning, it's about mm-hmm. serving. Absolutely. Serve God, serve man. And you will realize everything falls into place. You know? And this is, that's what I'm talking about. It's not as complicated. You just, just move little things here and around. Watch your words. Like, I still remember. And I told my children also, we are all watching Bambi together. And we were, oh, first time they passed, they will cry. They will be Bambi's father died. And they wept and I looked at them and I, poor things. <laughs> How could they do this? Okay, you know, have you seen Bambi? Mm-hmm. Okay, the Disney, the deer. No, it's a beautiful story. Beautiful, this beautiful Bambi, this thing. You know. And then we watched it a second time and you see their feelings are coming up. <laughs> Third time, nobody is crying. Okay, fourth time, Bambi's father will die now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm telling you, parents have no clue if you miss out on your children. You watch how they change. For them, their only hearts are hardened. Baby's father is little what you say. Baby's father is going to die now. Watch, okay? He will fall this way, okay? You see how they see. But there's one word which Bambi's uh, mother tells Bambi. What did your father say? If you do not know how to talk right, don't don't talk at all. Yeah. Hmm. That's the only line I remember from Bambi because I used to tell my children, if you don't know how to talk right, don't talk at all. So a quiet husband is better than a rude husband. Hmm. A quiet wife is better than a rude wife. Okay. A quiet brother is better than a rude brother. <laughs> rude brother. Yes. I'm just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm extrapolating. Yeah, all that. Quiet brother. We cannot be. I'm not saying you cannot be quiet because fellowship is fundamental to anything. But ask God, Lord, help me to change. Help me to change. Okay, because communication is the main thing. It is not good for man to be alone. Mm. Communication is everything. But along with communication, kindness, long-suffering, do. Because it is not the hearers of the word. It is the doers of the word. And if you look around, you can make life very easy for each other. Even for yourself. Because you don't want to go to home to a miserable wife. Mm. You want to go to... A happy wife, a happy home. Hmm. If your home is happy, everything else is happy. If your wife is happy, everything else in the home is happy. If your wife is miserable, you don't want to stay at home. You want to run away from that place. And you don't realize often it is in our hands to see they are not miserable. Because honestly, most wives, at least in our church, I look at all the girls over there, all they, they are not demanding. No, 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 no. None of them are demanding. They are not demanding girls. They ask where, and they are all hardworking girls. All hardworking girls. None of them is lazy in the church. And none who are lazy, I'm talking about the married one, none of them are lazy. They are very hardworking. And, and they are not very demanding. They are not very demanding. It's very easy to make them because they have been all been taught well. Mm. They have sat in the church, heard everything. They know what is right, what is wrong, what need to be done. And you know what? They are not demanding like the worldly Wives would be very, very demanding. They're not demanding like that. They're not asking you to take you shopping and buy this and buy that. None of them are asking anything, any of those things. They're very hard work and we need, we can make them happy. We can make them happy and we can make home happy. And one of the things which you need to do is, let me tell you to men because it's all connected with that, is that you really need to give liberty to your wives. And some of those days, you need to day, take a day and say, you know, will you just get out of the house? Leave the children with me. Just go. Just go to your friends. Just go chill. I will stay home. You just go. Get out. Go. Don't take the children with you. Mm. But then it is the same thing. Children in the home or children with you is the same thing. It's not, leave the children with me. And you go. I'll take care of the children. You need a break. I don't need a break. You need a break. Do this regularly. You will see things will work out. Amen. Things will work out. There are simple practical things. You know, people have these ideas in their heads which has got nothing to do with the word of God. You know, that is what we call, what we need in the kingdom of God is benevolent patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Benevolent patriarchy. Bringing the belief back in patriarchy yeah. again. It's, it's yeah. a, it is back, that, that mm-hmm. practice back in over there. Give them a break. 
no break out and break you don't break and say so you need to go honestly try it and practice it and you suddenly see everything starts falling into place you take a day off go with your friends somewhere i will take care of the children you know david is here anila is here the kids are having a blast over there <laughs> they are having a blast <laughs> They have enjoyed that. They will always ask them, "No, when are you going next?" <laughs> okay. So simple things, you know. Sometimes you crowd each other, crowd each other. You no. Know? So give them that space, and you need men needs to do that. All listening men and the men sitting over here need to do these things. So don't look them at them as glorified maids. That's what we, the Indian men, especially, have made their wives to glorified maids. They're not maids. They're not even maid of honor. <laughs> They're wives. Mm. <laughs> maid of honor is at the wedding. Mm. What he took home is a wife. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, what is laughing? <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that it was said Vishal and Ashwati's wedding. I still remember the crack by the best man. <laughs> he said, "I don't know. That's not what he said. He said I am the best man. I still, I still don't understand why did she marry him if I am the best man? <laughs> They call me the best man, but he married him." <laughs> <laughs> so that is a good one. Okay. Yes. But, but in, in in the effectiveness of prayer, mm. how much? I mean, when we have been going through this uh, seasons of prayer, how much is how much of it is hearing from God part in prayer? Because when you are saying, yeah, that is what is effective. It's not the answer in prayer. See, we are not changing in anything about God in prayer. Professor, because I just want to show you a verse. I mean, just mm-hmm. I just came across this. It's mm-hmm. seven, number 789. Okay, number 789. Just wanted to sh- mm-hmm. just just shed some light. 789 89 789. Yeah, there are 89 verses, okay? Okay. And now when <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him. Mm-hmm. he heard the voice mm-hmm. he wanted to go and speak mm-hmm. he heard the voice of the one speaking to him from above the mercy seat and that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim mm-hmm. thus he, he spoke, spoke to him. Him. so you see he wanted to go and speak to god mm-hmm. but the conversation ended up the other way mm-hmm. so in prayer in prayer how much of it uh, is how much of it most of it is it hearing from god no so it will take time because if god has to speak to you he has to trust you okay so yeah, exactly. he cannot trust you Because we will take, we will take advantage of him, and because of his power and authority, that's why you can't meet kings. You cannot be familiar with kings because of who they are. We will go out and say, in the name of the king, we do lots of things with a familiarity. That's why he says, "I did not even know you." We did it in your name. He says, "I didn't know you. I didn't know you." This is this is the issue. This is basically what we see in political structures. What you see is the abuse. is by the family of those who are in power if modi puts across a very clean image is because he's a bachelor is one of their selling points he has no family unlike the nehru dynasty there is nobody here he's alone his only interest is his country so he puts across what is the whole thing about biden is his son his son his son 
Okay, you will see. And what is at the lower level onwards, all the way. If you are a cop son, you are a SI son, you are an inspector son, you are a SP son, you will see they actually misuse power and authority which is not theirs or earned. Rightfully theirs, they misuse it. So when it comes to prayer, you know you are accessing the throne of heaven. Mm. And God doesn't speak to you. Easily. That's what, uh, exactly. God does not speak to you until you are proven that He can trust you with His name and His power and His authority. Mm. He cannot, He will not, He will not Mm. speak to you. Moses, He could. And God spoke to Moses. Moses just had to enter God's book and says, God spoke. Why? Because He was the meekest man. Mm. And faithful in all his Faithful. Where He would never misuse God's name, His authority, His power. And that's why God doesn't speak to people easily. He doesn't speak to God like when you're talking about this. He does not speak to us so easily. So it is not hearing from God is which is difficult. It is becoming that person to whom God can speak is which is difficult. That's why Jesus tells at the end of his ministry. You know what he says? I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Okay? Like, yeah, because I can trust you. After Judas had left. No, I, I can trust you. You have stayed till the end. I call you friends. So hearing from God is not a, it's not like what you think. So when you're talking about prayer, when you're talking about that kind of prayer in that question, no, it takes time. Yeah, because the effectiveness it, of prayer, he yeah, says, it right? takes time because one, you won't misuse his name. You will not abuse his position, his authority. And the next thing is that he knows you will obey him. Ah, oh. you will obey him. Obedience is primary. You will see Elijah obeys. And his obedience is radical because mm-hmm. what is being asked to him does not fit in with anything. It's actually obeying God is dangerous for him. If you look with the human eye, only I trust you and I will obey you. And he does that. And that's, that's the key. The question is about, you know, we, we, we have to look at prayer as communication and communication is with people whom God can trust, who will not abuse his name. Okay. And that was God's. If you look at, Second hmm. uh, Samuel in chapter twelve. Yeah. Indictment against David. Mm. If I would have wanted to, could have given. Mm. Verse fourteen. How because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. What is God talking about? He's saying Saul doing it and Solomon doing it and Ahaz doing it and Ahab is doing it's different. You You doing it's different. You know why? Because I have spoken to you and everybody knows that I speak to you. All your Psalms are a proof that I speak to Mm. you. You have my name. You have have access. You have access. See, Saul cannot abuse my name. He does not have my name. He has an anointing, but he does not have my name. He cannot say, God told me. You know that I told you. Okay. He says, you are different. You are different. You know what all my enemies will say? God, man, after God's own heart, do you know what he did? That's how they will say. They will not say David. They will say, you know what God's man did? Do you know what God's man did? That is exactly that to You know why? Because I spoke to you. And I know you. You know me. Everybody knows that. And now this is what you did. You know what? My enemies will mock me because of you. That's how it went. Now you go to... Hmm. Uh, 
book of numbers verse 20 chapter 20 words 10 to 12 okay now remember god had told him to speak to the rock stand there and speak moses and aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock and he said to them here now you rebels must we bring water for you out of this rock everything they say is wrong mm. okay then moses lifted his hand struck the rock twice with his rod water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank verse 12 the lord spoke to moses and aaron because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of israel therefore you shall not bring this assembly he said you know what you messed up my name you misrepresented my name you know why because everybody knows i speak to you face to face so they will think this is who i am and this is not i am who i am you misrepresented me before the people and before the angelic hosts therefore you know what i have to show to the people that i am different from him therefore you know how will they will know they will know by my judgment all your ways are just just now go back to the other words which we saw 12 you know what i will have to show to the people i am still different from you the child will die mm. Mm. yes the child will die so the whole world will see god is just and is holy and he is righteous he doesn't turn the other way because you are my man my justice will still be the same mm. with moses and with david, david. God upholds his holiness. Amen. These are two guys who are the closest to God in the Old Testament, closest to God because of their revelations of God's nature. Mm. But God says, you know what? Therefore, they the whole world will know I am just that um uh 1 Peter uh, 1:17 and God judges mm-hmm. with all partiality even as far as okay. Okay, this and this another verse okay uh, john romans chapter 2 to passage there yeah for there is no partiality with god this another i think it's kjv that uses in romans it's according to truth no the one uh, verse 11 211 yeah there is no respect, respect of, of persons, persons with god mm. partiality and this this usage is yes, different yes, yes. there is no respect of person when it comes to justice justice is blind mm. there is no respect of persons when you come to the question of justice when god acts in when comes to injustice he shows no partiality means he is not a respect of persons just because you are my point man on earth when you break my holiness i have to deal with you i have to deal with you and you are a man after my own heart when you have messed up my name i have to deal with you mm. so that the whole world will know i am righteous i am a righteous judge he will know that he will they will not say his partial oh he, he just ignored david but he this thing with saul he says no 
When, ju- when it comes to justice, justice is blind. I have no respect to our persons. That's how God upholds his justice. Eternally, of course, it's a different story. Because of Christ, it's a different story. But in this life, it's a different thing. God will always uphold his name and his honor and his holiness and his justice and his righteousness. I mean, do you see that uh, uh, the, the way God disciplined Saul and his household mm. and the way he disciplined David and his household is, I mean, if you look at it from... From the from a from a neutral perspective, he, he it could be very similar. It's very painful, right, Pastor? Yeah, it's yeah. very painful. No, see, um, you also have to go with, with when it comes to David's household, God, because he sees the end from the beginning. Seven. He is uh, he's just saying it, okay? Because I'm not saying that. Therefore, he's not. What he's saying is not true. I'm just looking for words it's in the book of. Jeremiah, where the father's will. Ah, he eats our grapes, yeah. Got it? Yeah, one second. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's uh, 31 29, Pastor. Yeah, 31 29. Uh, 29 and 30. 29 30. In those days, they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Mm. Though God has spoken this, okay, and David knows it. David knows, understands God's principle. You go back to Second Samuel chapter 12. Verse 21 and 22. His servant said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. When the child died, you arose and ate food. Now, now wait a second. I want you to go to um, verse 14. Look at this. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. Look at that word. Surely die. You will surely die. Okay, this is what God said. Now go to 21 and 22. The verses we read. He said, what is that you have done? You fasted, wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. Look at 22. He said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell where the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? What did God say? The child said, surely died. And he still he fasted. He still prayed. You know what? He knows. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm. Mm. He says, you know what? I know he said, but I also know the heart of the judge. He's not somebody who's interested in inflicting punishment or judgment. He always, when it comes to it's mercy. So you know what? Seven days I was on my face before him. On the seventh day the child died. Now he's dead. So, because David did this, and God said, the sword shall not, this thing, does not mean the sword has to go through his children's life. They also made their choices. They made their choices. The father bit a sour grape. The children's teeth does not have to be set on the edge. Does not have to be set on the edge. The children did not have to make those choices. Okay, parental problem was there because David was not a father who commanded his children. He was he he was a father 
was not active in the life of his children except Solomon. Except Solomon. By the time he came to Solomon, he learned what fatherhood meant. He was a good father. That's why he is able to finish well because you see, we, we do not finish well because all our children became great. We finish well because at least by the end we learned what fatherhood is. That is the key. The lessons which becomes part of your character you take up over there is basically what is God is looking for. Not looking at what are the effects you had on your children. Because Paul plants Apollo's water, God gives the increase. But did you get the lesson? Can you be a father in heaven? It's a simple question. So don't look at this and decide, okay? A man, his children may be all excellent and may be a terrible father because they made their choices and their choices were all right. Yeah, exactly. True, true. Okay. Okay. So when it comes to Solomon, he learned. Because when Solomon talks, he talks about all the things his father father taught him. When I was my father's son. Hmm. Yeah, when his father taught him. But none of the other boys say that. Hmm. He was not involved in the lives of his other children. But that terrible thing that happened with Bathsheba, all the things, that brokenness taught him. You know what? I'm going to invest in my family. Hmm. And I want to invest in Solomon. And he invested in Solomon. And I believe that's the same thing that happened with Jacob. His life was a mess in Haran. Five, four, two wives, two concubines. It's a mess. And then he decided he couldn't do anything. And then Rachel died. Then he decided, you know what I can do? I can invest in Joseph's life without any interference here. And Joseph became that son. And he could stand in Egypt because the father had invested in that son. Mm. Invested in that son. Mm. So have you finished? Really, really matters. Because so many of most of the things are in God's hands. Us in hands. So never judge yourself by your present condition. Mm. That is not what is true. It is how you reach heaven. Like there are babies in the church, there are young men in the church, and there are fathers in the church. Okay, there are fathers in the church. And the simple thing is that Paul has never fathered a child. But he's a father. father. Yes. Father. You have ten thousand people. Yet when he began, he was not a father. Mm. He was a young man. Oh, yeah. Always ready to fight, mm. even with Barnabas. <laughs> he was a perfectionist, blameless according to the law, no patience with anybody. Mm. He has no patience, really has no patience, because he doesn't realize none in his group has his upbringing. Okay. Because I'm telling you, I've heard this from wives of army officers. They get married to this man. Poor girl gets married to this man and after that his house is an infantry division. Okay. This man is only commanding. He wants everything. This poor girl must have come from a house where this kind of army discipline wasn't there. <laughs> that is all. When he says, according to the law, blameless, what does he mean? He is on, he's absolutely disciplined man. I don't care if you are Apostle Peter or Apostle Barnabas, I have no patience with you. Get your act right. Otherwise, I am going alone. I am not waiting for anybody. 
the fact is that <laughs> almost everything he says is true. Yeah. But that is not the man which God wants. Mm. God does not want a man everything that he says is true. He wants a man who is loving, kind and willing to accept the others and be patient so that they grow up to your stage. Mm. That's the whole idea. He is not creating celebrities. <laughs> He is not creating geniuses. He wants fathers. Ultimately, he wants fathers and mothers. You know what? Fathers and mothers are not uh, created. They become. Forged. They are forged <laughs> in fire. They become. They become. You know? They need a lot of patience. Patience doesn't come. From good situations, you will never get patience. Okay, so these are... This, you see what a man it is. I mean, you shall surely die. Your child shall surely die. This is the word of the Lord through the prophet straight from the throne. Your child shall surely die. What does he do? He turns around and fasts and on, lies on the ground for six days. Mm. He says, why? Who can tell? Mm. I know God. I know him. Mm. I know him. He's gracious. You know, he's gracious. You know why? He's saying, you know what? I know my God. He's the one who made me the way I am. I was gracious to Saul. I was gracious to Mephisobeth. Do you think I'm more gracious than God? No. No. If I, being earthly man, can, can be so, be so gracious. If I, being a father <laughs> who is evil, can give so good so things so. to his children, how much more? God is gracious. He says, you know what? I will. Mm. I will do it. You, know, mm. you would have got away with it and child would have lived. But in this case, God had to put a lesson for eternity about his holiness, about his righteousness. He had to teach a so lesson. Pastor, it's mm. also the fact that when you see the first century church, mm. when the anointing is so powerful, the teaching is so pure, and you have uh, two guys who are trying to act and try to play mm. hypocrites, they are judged. Is it because God has to set a precedence? That precedence, has... yeah. He doesn't do those things because then everybody would be mm. dead. Mm. There will be no church. Mm. (laughs) because there's one question I think uh, because it also said I just maybe you can just address it can you explain to me about trembling before God working out your salvation yeah we can go to that question number 14 question number 14 can you explain to me about trembling before God work out your salvation with fear okay trembling before God um, no no the one uh, he who trembles at my so, word. 50, Isaiah 57? And yeah, Isaiah. And Isaiah 60, no, not, 66. No, 66. 66. Not, yeah, 66. Okay. 66 and verse two, 1 and 2. Okay. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest? So basically, first God introduces himself. He says, you, do you know who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? He says, heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. Okay. Then he comes to verse 2. Knowing who God is. For all those things which man has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, who trembles at my word. Who trembles at my word. I'll show you. You get that. Nehemiah chapter 2. Words, chapter 2, verse 2. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? 
This is nothing but the sorrow of heart. So I become dreadfully afraid. Did you see? Mm-hmm. So earthly king. Yeah. You cannot bring sorrow into the king's presence. You cannot do anything to make the king unhappy. He was dreadfully afraid mm-hmm. because it could mean you are taken out of the king's presence forever. Mm-hmm. Could be executed yes. for making the king unhappy. Mm-hmm. This is an earthly king. It's an earthly king. No, earthly king. And uh, look at what God is talking about. So if this is an earthly king, God says, when I speak, I look down upon those who tremble at my word. They know who I am. What power I have. What authority I have. Your entire existence is in my word. Mm. I speak a word, you are done. You are finished. Therefore, how you will obey my word. The fear, the reverence of who God is. That's one of the things, you know. We lose that. Exactly. We lose that. Okay, he's our father, but he is also the king of kings and the lord of lords. Okay. Both the, 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 the the love of God and the terror of the Lord. It's not even fear. Which Paul will say yeah, in Second uh, Corinthians five, five you no, know, knowing the, the terror, terror of the Lord. Of the Lord. Okay, I'm t- that's it. what is he talking about? He's talking about judgment. Yes, he's talking be. about the Second five Corinthians nine, chapter five. Five eleven passages. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Look, go to nine. Nine, yeah. Nine onwards, because you have to put it in the context. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to the Lord. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men and we are well known to God. Knowing the terror of the Lord. Let's put a picture over there. Come to me to Revelation 20. And there is a picture. Chapter 20 and verse 11. This is the judgment seat of Christ, of, of, of Christ. Then I saw your great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face? <laughs> the heaven and the earth fled. fled. And there was found no place for them. This is the God we talk, Oof. we talk about. This is the God. We should always be very, very careful about balancing both mm. the reverence of God and the love of God. We always have to, because the problem is that we lose our reverence, what will happen will, we will be slow in obeying. Yes. That's our major issue. Our major issue is we are very slow in obeying because the reverence has gone. Mm And just because he's kind to yeah, us yeah. does not change who he is. Yeah, because kings rule by decree. Yes, yeah, yes, they rule the by decree. And the yes. same thing that happens. I mean, it, it starts from the home. It starts from the home. It starts from the home. And the thing is that the office which God has given, the father is as of head. Mm. And the thing that God demands the wife for the father is reverence. Mm. Reverence. And it is the father who leads the home, but the implementation of it is in the mother's hands. So the mother has to consistently teach the children to immediately obey dad. Dad says something, it is not to be debated. It's not to be debated. Obey what? You know what? They take it with them. Because for the children, the father represents God represents God in the house. He represents the head in the house. 
and that obedience. That's why it uh, Jesus came. This is a fundamental. God is not a sadist. It's just just for our own protection. Come to Hebrews chapter five and verse seven. And eight, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered a prayers and supplication, this is Jesus, with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. This is Jesus. But he's come and he's showing us the way. This is how you are. This is how I was. This is how God expects us to be. He, he is my father. Okay? The different. He's the only begotten son of God. Wow. Okay, this is my father with him from everlasting to everlasting, equal with him. But this is how I dealt with him, with godly fear. Godly fear. Okay, that's why the Bible will always say, how does he hear? He hears through the spirit. Okay, he hears through the spirit and the Bible will always use this word immediately. Mm. Yes. Immediately. No, when we say tremble at its word, what does it mean to tremble? No. no. The speed with which, which we you, obey. Which, yes. Speed with which you obey. Immediately. Immediately you obey. You know why? Because you know who has spoken. Who has spoken. And these are things which we have to inculcate in our homes that the children are taught to immediately obey. And when they go to school, you'll say, it doesn't matter what the other kind of student, I don't want to hear any of those things. You know what we have taught you. When your teacher says something, immediately obey. When you are on the bike, on this thing, when the traffic cop lifts his hand, immediately obey. You know why? It doesn't matter who the person is. It matters who is behind the person. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You will respect authority. You will respect authority. You will respect authority. The legality of it all is a different thing. That's a different thing. Then if you obey an unjust law, then you are saying, now you are honoring man above God. God. Everything flows from him. When there's a contradiction between man and God, you choose to obey God without dishonoring that authority Mm. because the office still stands. That is why the wife is told, submit your husband in all things as unto the Lord. Don't forget, sometimes... Submission does not mean obedience. Okay. You can have submission and disobey. Okay. You can obey without submission. That's not accepted. Okay. Because what you are asking, yeah, what you are asking is illegal. I cannot do it. The husband says, you know what, I want you to like, Ananya still Safira, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to go to the church and give this offering, but pretend we have given. She says no. Mm-hmm. Whatever you call your husband, his reverence, you say, I can't do that. I can't sin against my God. i just simply sorry, I can't do that. That's not right. We can't do that. No. Either we go and give, say that, this is what we have, or we don't give at all. This is what, but you know what, she went along. And that was a wrong submission. That is why the Bible says very clearly, first Ananias dies and second Safira. Order is put over there. Mm. 
because she, she agreed with her she husband. agreed, agreed with her. her she did not have to agree with that she would have said you know what i am not part of this i am not part of this and that's what happens even with children corazons back off mm. and they move to moses side honor your father and mother your father and mother are absolutely wrong mm. they are on the wrong side mm. and you know what and they're going to go straight to hell you know what we honor you we love you we'll obey moses I'm sorry we're going on to the other side okay so these fundamentals we need to get it very 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 clear that is what it means to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling you know god speaks to your spirit he speaks through your word or maybe he spoke to you today and when you have heard you know god is speaking to you scripture is telling you okay this is what god is telling me you don't delay to obey amen you don't delay to obey and when you learn to obey it fast god says you know let's go to isaiah 66 Two, 66 2. On this one will I look. Okay, this one I will look. This, this is the one I look at. Fifth Basically, when he says looks at, it means with whom I communicate. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, you can communicate without looking. Mm-hmm. Peter, communicate with looking. That's your issue. Meet the eye, always. Communicate with looking. Okay, <laughs> look. Don't be scared. Always look in the eye. Always you look down. Don't be scared. Always look in the eye and speak. Okay, because you are actually poor and contrite in spirit, so you can look. Okay. And God says, "This one will I look." It's a different kind of communication. God says, "I will." I will. That's what the Bible says. He spoke to Moses face to face. That's what it means. Okay, it's a different level of communication. like you when you go to offices and so on no they don't even lift your head up they don't even look at it. Uh, you have their request over there okay what do you want they don't even look at it okay take it to the secretary and go they don't even communicate to you they don't give you the time of the day they don't no you looking at what god is talking about he's he's the top and he says i will look into your face and i will talk to you i will give you the time of the day I'll give you my full undivided attention. Because I shall speak to you. We shall communicate. You know why? Because, Because I know tremble. you will not misuse my name. Mm. You will not misuse my word. You will not dishonor. You tremble at my word. Yeah. When uh-huh. I say something, you will and this is portion in John. I keep forgetting where Jesus says, "My father is always with me because I always do, do the things that he always do." The pro- the thing is in that word always. John me and my reference 829 pastor 829 yes got it yes look at that the key is always and please things which please him. okay father has not left me what does it mean he's always looking upon me He's always talking to me. He's always communicating to me. You know what? Because I tremble at his word, and I always do. And when do I do it? I do it immediately. Mm. I do it immediately. Immediately, I will. I don't even. There is no debate over it. There is no question about. Oh no! Can we? I mean, look at that for me. That favorite portion in Mark one thirty-five. Now we don't have to go over there. No entire day of very successful ministry. 
The next day he's still praying and God says, go to another town. And the same set of people, the whole set of people have come. But he says, let's go. But how can we do that? Because I heard and I have to immediately obey. No, we will do two-hour service here and then we'll go to... No, 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 no. That's what we would do. You know what? There is also need. Here is also need. You know what? Let's do one thing. You know what? Let's have a two-hour service here and then we'll go to the next place. But you heard. Jesus heard. He says, no, we go now. And you know, he says, my father is always with me. He's always looking on me. You know why? Because I am poor and contrite in spirit and I tremble at his word. That's what it means. These things don't come come immediately, but it comes when they they go together. Okay, they go to go back to Isaiah sixty six verse two. Now the thing is that okay, wow, I like this. Who's poor and contrite? I will look on opinion. So the simple thing is, how do I become poor and contrite? That's the key, right? I want to be poor and contrite. Simple thing is that keep obeying God immediately. Mm. You will become poor and contrite. Mm. That's the practical way. It is not that it is suddenly a gift you become <laughs> poor and contrite. No, God says no. Mm. It is learn the hard way. Now if you go to Hebrews chapter 5, uh, five 7 and read now verse 8. And Though he was a son, son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned. He became poor and contrite. Consistently obeying God. As he's going, obeying, 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 obeying. You know what? Father says, now he's in ministry and that is when you need God. You are out in ministry. Though you had 30 years to become this, you have only three and a half years to finish your ministry. You need to hear from God on a, in his case, absolutely moment by moment basis, he needs to hear because it is like rerouting, rerouting, you go here, turn here, turn here, go here, this he, he needs it. But God taught him 30 years and made him poor, contrite, and a man who trembled at his father's words. And it was suffering. Because you have to die to your will to obey somebody else's. That's what it means by things which he suffered. What is he suffering? What is he suffering? Because you have to consistently die to yourself, your will. Because you have to listen to another person's will. And that is the case with God. This is simple. Okay. So we are talking about fellowship, love, long-suffering, kindness. These all come together. Trampling at his word, obeying immediately, children who obediently, okay, come over there. Let's again go to Genesis 37. Genesis 37, verse 4. When his brothers saw that their father loved him or all his brothers, they hated him. They could not speak peaceably to him. Okay, now verse 12 and 13. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to him. So he said to him, yeah. Immediately. Yeah. No delay. I mean, what my brothers are to you, they don't talk to me, they don't communicate to me, they hate me. That is irrelevant to the father's command. Uh-huh. What has that got to do with this? Yes. What has that got to do with this? My father is saying, Will you go? Immediately. Immediately. You ready? 
Usually we will delay because we are looking at the persons, the place we are being sent, the task we are sent, the work we are sending. We will say that, you know what? No. But to Joseph, it's irrelevant. The irrelevant is that, you know what? What you say, I'm ready to... It doesn't matter who you send to me. Okay. Okay. That is what we are talking about. You know, many of our... We will say we obeyed immediately. But most of the time we obey immediately with things which we like. Mm. To the people we like, mm. the places we like. What happens if it is changed? God sends us to a people we don't like, to a place we do not like, at a time we do not like. We'll be obeyed immediately because the word of God says, morning by morning you awaken me. Who likes that? But that's the time you wake me up. I'm good with it. And it becomes your life. And now you had a long day ministry. And the next thing it is written, early in the morning when it is still dark, you woke up. Why? That's the time you like. Mm-hmm. Lord, you are God. You are sovereign. Can't, you can, if you can speak to me at three in the morning, you can speak <laughs> at three in the afternoon, twelve. Time is irrelevant to you. God says, put that nonsense. I'm just saying whether you're obedient or not. Yeah. Who is God here? You or me. I'm going to speak to you at three in the morning, period. You want to listen? Wake up. Thy will be done, not mine. But Lord had a long day's ministry. He says, I know that. I created your body. I know your tiredness. That is not the point. Do you want me to talk to you at three in the morning? Yes, Lord. Headship has to be consistently. Does that mean God was rude with his son? He says, no. He's a taskmaster? No. No. He says, you know what, son? He says, you know, you have no clue what my father is. You know what my father... The father knows me. Father knows what I go through. You know what my father will do? He will give me the rest in impossible situation. There is this storm. This water filling the boat. The water ship going back and forth. And he's fast asleep. Father says, take a nap, son, now. Nothing will disturb your sleep. In the midst of a storm, with everybody panicking and screaming, you know, fishermen, shouting, screaming, <laughs> bail the water out, pull the sail down. In the middle of it, somebody fast asleep. Because he gives his beloved rest. You can never lose out with God if you obey him. It's impossible to lose out with God. So everything is factored, but it is factored by faith. Faith meaning that God is good and is always good and is always loving, is always kind and everything he says is for my good. That's how it works. That's how it works. You have to trust God. Even when you pray, you're just thinking, you know, I say yesterday, Lord, I said, Lord, the entire week's forecast was rain, rain, rain. It's been raining every evening. Poor people are coming. They're coming for a memorial service. And I said, Lord, please, Lord, you know, they all are poor. I don't think anybody in that entire crowd that came in 300 plus people, maybe two or three people had a car, not more than that. They are all poor people, simple people, two wheelers, they come, this thing, you know, let it not rain. Did it rain? Did it rain? Not a drop. Yet the forecast was Friday evening, it would rain. Let them forecast. That's okay. We'll cast That's it okay. Out. We will cast it. I have to realize, you know. Now, honestly, thinking about it, if it was a normal rich man's memorial service where everybody comes in the in the car, mm. we wouldn't be worried about this thing, no. 
the gospel is for the poor. Poor, yes. No, you need to realize God's heart is for the poor. Okay, and sometimes when we deal with God according to His heart, prayers are answered. <coughs> what does it do? You win, go that side, go rain in Khammam, Warangal, and Kasipet. Don't rain in Hyderabad. Rain in that part of Hyderabad, don't rain in. Because there was uh, warnings, IMD warnings about Hyderabad. There would be this thing, uh, uh, alert, alert, amber alert also in certain areas. Nothing happened yesterday. Because another alert from heaven cancelling it. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. You know, we need to realize he's good all the time. He's good all the time. Now look at it's raining. Does it bother us? No, we all have. <laughs> Samir has to walk across, it's not a big thing. Everybody has. Dr. Richard walks across, everybody has cars. We should we pray, Lord, please let it stop so that my car doesn't get dirty? That's just nonsense. Go wash it. There's <laughs> a good God, I'm telling you. He's so good. You can as you grow in your trust with God. That's why children have to be taught to trust. And we should not trust. They don't learn to trust God. They have to learn to trust their parents. And we should not break their trust. Okay? We should not break their trust. Again, I'm telling you. When you talk to your children, when you talk to your spouse, you will have disagreements because it is two disparate human beings becoming one. But don't fight in front of them. Mm. Don't fight in front of them. Don't create any insecurity in their hearts. And then, according to their age, especially when they are small, when they tell you something and you promise them, please do it. Otherwise, tell them. Daddy may forget. So you remind Mama to let me know. Okay? That if Daddy forgets, I promise you, I'll get you tomorrow. Trust has to be your. Otherwise, tell you what you're asking. No. That, no, I cannot get you. Trust has to be put into their hearts. Because this is, trust is the same. The nature of trust does not change. The nature of the person you trust changes. Trust in itself is the same. Right? Mm. It's a person, the problem. It's not the problem with an entity called trust. So if a child learns to trust his or her father and mother, the child can learn to trust God too. Mm. The child isn't going to learn to trust God. because The child doesn't even know who God is. But the child learns to trust his father and mother who are fallible. And then you realize how easy it is to trust God. So the father and the mother becomes the representatives of God before the children who is the discerner of what is good and evil. evil. So when they say no to evil, they realize after a season you can't ask it. You won't get it. That is wrong. Consistent. And when you ask what is good, you realize you get it. And a little later, you will, they will realize you can ask for good, but there is a time to receive it and a place to receive it. Place matters. Time matters. Okay, you teach them. Okay, you go to a guest house. Okay, and you say, can I have a biscuit? And you teach the child that that's not the place to ask. But you ask is good. Wrong place. Time is okay. Wrong place. It's the wrong place to ask. If you had asked the same question at home, it would have been the right place. We are in somebody else's house. Okay? You need to be protective about your father's name. They should not think we starve you. 
Mm. You have eaten and come. You are not starved. Okay? Because now what you are asking is, it's manipulation. And I cannot allow it. So the person will say, oh no, sorry, make me hungry, baby. You tell them, no, madam. Sister, don't give him. Don't give him. You know why? Because he has to learn a lesson. It's a wrong place to ask. Wrong place to ask. So they need to learn. It is not only what is good. There is a time and a place for some. Like I said in the morning, Jerusalem is a good place. But it's a very bad place if you are supposed to be somewhere else. Okay? And children have to be taught these things. See, we are learning. It's not that we taught our children all these things because we did not know all these things. Now that we know all these things and our children are grown up, we cannot keep it to ourselves. Mm. Because some other young parent may use it and the children may grow up as fantastic. Mm. Okay? Make it fantastic. So, there are a lot of things we learn from experience lot of things we learn from experience. So don't ever sit there and think, oh, pastor knows all these things. So when he was raised, no, I didn't know these things when I was raising. Mm-hmm. Some things I knew, many things I did not know. But over a time, how did you learn all these things? Through interactions with God, because he is the father. There's only one perfect father on earth. You learn from manifestation, you know what? I wish I had known it then. I wish I had known it then. I wish I had known it then. But God is saying, now that you have known this, what are you going to do about it? Mm. Will you pass on this knowledge? Will you pass on this knowledge so that others can make use of it? You know, others can make use of it. You know, others can improve on it. Do you really want Edison's bulb? <coughs> no. no. <laughs> I want this better than me. Thank God for Edison. Right? Thank God for Edison. Okay, but I don't want this well because somebody took it and improved on it. Okay, somebody. So you know what? Something which we learn from God, we give it over here. Somebody else will take it and improve on it. Okay, that's what? Everything out in the world is. Anything that you're using in the world, look at its first model. Look at the current model. You know what? Lots of people worked on it. And it gets improved on it, you know. Life works that way. You know, as we grow older, we learn a lot of things, what we should have done, what we shouldn't have done. This is pass it on. That is why if you go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 to 14, it's one thing that is mentioned there. It's just interesting. I write you children because the sins are forgiven for you for your name's sake. I write you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. Then it write to young men, okay, you overcome the wicked one. Now come to verse 14. Again, I've written to your fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. About the fathers, the same thing is repeated. Mm-hmm. You know what I said? Only one thing. You have known him from the beginning. You have understood him. That's how you became a father. That does not mean the father was not a child once. Mm-hmm. And he was not a young man once. No. He learned it all through experience. Mistakes. Hard. Hard knocks. He learned it. Now you know him from the beginning. So you are a father. Not because you are a father because you were perfect. No. You became a father. Because you have learned it. And what is that you learn? This is what God is from the beginning. That is what you have learned. God has never changed. We are the ones who are changing and becoming like Him. Fathers have learned one thing. God was always the same. You have known Him from the beginning. He was always the same. Fathers is that they learned. You know what? There's only one person who has to change in this. It's me. It's not God. I have to change. And that's why they have known Him from the beginning. He was a child. 
when if you go go um, to that uh, verse uh, um, 13 right to fathers because you have known whom is from the beginning to young men because you have overcome the wicked one little children because you have known the father okay so the, the fathers were once little children who knew the father mm-hmm. now they have fathers who have known him from the beginning mm-hmm. okay but the knowledge is different mm-hmm. okay, knowledge is different so we are all on the be on that road be on that road okay be on that road okay don't be like solomon okay son listen to my words fellow who doesn't listen doesn't to listen to his own words <laughs> He, he he never learned. He never learned. He was more like a what we call in university terms. He was a lecturer. Yeah, that's the reason why it's called ecclesiastics. He was the preacher. He was the lecturer. He was the professor. He was the professor. David was not a professor. No, he was. He became that man. So, like I said, no. If you one thing I like about David is because that uh, that words in chapter thirteen, no, twenty one, right? man who will do all, all my, my will all my will 1322 yeah, 13 at 13 22 no it's always if you look at his life i found david the son of jesse a man after my own heart who will do all my will and you will we always look and say it's not a, okay he was a good king great king fantastic he was a great worshipper everything but he failed as a husband god said no he finished successful as a husband to Bathsheba mm. okay. he was a successful father to Solomon. Solomon he did all my will became he became ultimately the person i wanted to be he was a successful father he was a successful husband and he was a successful king he did all my will and he served his generation and he saved his generation so god is says is no no what let us say let us let's let's pick uh, peter let's peter worked in amazon kicked out he worked in infosys kicked out after 2 years he worked in give me another company musk kicked out then he went to standard chartered and he learned from these three and standard chartered he retired as president of standard chartered what does it say was he a failure or a successful success successful but you look at all his record first failed second failed third failed fourth successful look at david he finished successful as a father as a husband and as a king he did all my will this is all god is saying he is not looking at our accomplishment he is when you reach over there i want the package to be right you got the character of a father you got the character of a husband you got a character of a king you got it that's all i am asking he says leave the rest people will say lots of things it's irrelevant he says that those things don't matter because all these things are irrelevant when you stand on the judgment day all i want to know is what you have become amen what you have become Okay, we come. And that's how it will work out. How we finish well. And Jacob was a man who finished well. Finished very, very well. Finished very, very well. Better than his father or his grandfather. Come on. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Do you hear Abraham divided everything, gave his this thing? Do you hear one prophecy from Abraham over his children? Do you hear any prophecy over Isaac? Nothing. No children even there near him when he's dying. He dies, they come and bury him. What about Jacob? What about Jacob? 
Joseph Joseph's children, our grandchildren, over his children. How does he finish? Mm. But if you were to look at the start, mm. you put three in a line. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you look in the beginning, you will say, no, this fellow is never going to reach anywhere. But this is the guy who finishes well. <laughs> you look at Abraham, you look at Isaac, and you look at, you will always think, you know what, Isaac this is going to finish well. But that's not the way it happens. <laughs> Jacob is the one who finishes the best. <laughs> he finishes with a bang. Okay? And he becomes, that's why he is Israel. And Israel is called Israel, it's <laughs> not called Abraham. <laughs> The land of Abraham, no, the land of Israel. It's not called the land of Isaac. Like it's called the land of Israel. You know what? Because God knows who will finish well. So, when God has not made any mistakes, no, that's why don't judge anything beforehand. Leave it to God. Leave it to God. Okay. And then still Jacob's wrestling with yeah. the Messiah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't. Okay. Don't. Okay. And that's yeah. where we have to understand and finish well. That's the whole idea. Finish well. Guard your heart. You know, guard your heart. Okay. So even now speaking to the church here, churches around the world, all listening, your marriage may be bad, but it doesn't mean it has to end like that. Mm. Your marriage may be the one of the best on earth. It doesn't mean it has to end like that. Mm-mm. <laughs> the whole idea is, if your marriage is good, make it better. Mm. Don't be complacent. If your marriage is bad, you can make it excellent. Oh. What you are now does not matter. What ultimately is matter is what, what you end up as. How will you finish? How will you finish? And when you got your end very clear... God is for you. God is not against you. God is not against you. But it is not easy. It's easy. It's a line I wrote today for tomorrow's message. Wedding is like buying a new car. Marriage is like maintaining it. How long will your car run? Does not it's got nothing to do with the wedding day. <laughs> how you drive it, how you maintain it, how you service it, it matters. So wedding is a day. After that, the work begins. It's marriage. Mm. Okay. And people prepare so much for the wedding. Totally unprepared for marriage. God is not preparing for the wedding. Preparing us for the marriage, life to live with him forever. We don't hear, have you, have you ever read in the Bible anything about the wedding feast of the Lamb? It's called a marriage feast of the Lamb. (laughs) And the bride has made us already. Bride has made us. She's prepared. It is a continuous thing. (laughs) Continuously ongoing thing. His entire life is preparing for that, to become the person who will live with God forever. Amen, Pastor Vijay. We yes. shall close. And it's called the, not a wedding at Khan, it's called the marriage at Khan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, pray. Father, I just want to thank you, Father, for this time that you blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us so many things this evening. Father, we are just overwhelmed. And Lord, even as we have heard, I pray, Lord, the unfolding of your word will bring light And I pray, Lord, each one of us will walk in the light that we have received.
and be immediate in obeying the Lord Father, not delaying. Enable us, Lord Jesus, to keep a focus, our focus, the, 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 the focus that you have given for us in our lives, O oh Lord, and enable us, Lord, to understand that we have to finish well. Wherever we are in this journey, O oh Lord, I pray, Lord Father, we will always take stock, go back to the drawing board. If we have messed up, O oh Lord, we go back, set it right with you, and begin with you again, O oh Lord. For you for you are a God who is our Father and who you have the best interests in your heart for your children. And therefore, I pray, Lord, even as we have heard this evening, O Lord, I pray that we will understand the heart of the Father. And Lord, faith will arise in your children, and we will walk with you. We thank you, Father, once again. We give you glory for this time that you have given to us. And even as we go back to our homes, and if you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living, that we will all be prepared to be found in your house on time tomorrow and to receive from you. Continuously prepare ourselves for your coming. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen.